It's Friday, January 15th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, fellas? Woo! I'm, t- I'm just kidding. I'm well-rested today. I had a slumber party with my youngest son last night, and we stayed up a little later than he usually does, which is, you know, bedtime starts at like 7, 7.30. And uh, read some books and played a game, which he was very excited about. And then I put him in bed and I went to sleep too. So I got a lot of extra sleep last night. Nice. Where'd y'all sleep? His room. Yeah. Which his floor is colder than my bed. Um, He has a big window. Most of the the rooms on that side of our house have large windows. And I thought they were really efficient. And I think they kind of are because they are newer windows. But clearly not that efficient because it was cold next to that window and I did not have sufficient blankets. Okay. Well, glad to hear you're feeling good, man. We have a friend of the show on with us today. Paul Brarin of tinkertry.com fame is back. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, everybody. Hopefully I sound okay. It's great to be here again this morning. Um, I think my third appearance. So always fun. Is this three? Great, by the way, that's too many. All right. Can we take them off <laughs> real sorry. quick? Can we you just get off? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mute him. Oh, man. No, it's good. Uh, how have you been? I'm good, thanks. Um, it's been, uh, well, a lot's happened in a few months since we've all been together. I, yeah. I'll admit, I don't get to listen to you guys every day, but uh, a what? number of topics really uh, <laughs> caught my attention as driving around lately. Um, particularly like episode three or four. About him. <laughs> yeah, I actually no, suggest you guys- that people don't listen to us, so that's good. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. You're, you're constantly thought-provoking. Every episode, you surprise me. It's, it's, it's fun. Okay. Well, before we get into, um, Russ, I don't know if you have anything from uh, this day in, in history or tech history or whatever. Let me, quick announcement. Um, we, tonight is TBP movie night, tech breakfast podcast movie night, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. We were going to watch The Imitation Game because y'all voted on it on Twitter. Turns out it's not available on Netflix US. It is on Netflix Australia though. Uh, so so how confusing. does that work? I don't, yeah, I don't know. But uh, anyway, we'll be watching The Social Dilemma, which came in at a number two spot. Tonight, 9 p.m. CST. DM us on Twitter for the link. Russ, I voted what you got, for the man? second one because I've seen The Imitation Game. Wonderful movie, by the way. I would gladly watch it again, but I don't think I can make it today. And that makes oh, me sad. no. Yeah. Will you be sleeping? That would be cool, but no. <laughs> <laughs> got him. I could, I could sleep. I could sleep for days. Just straight. I, if, if humans could hibernate, I would sign up for that part of society. Oh man! But I would, um, I would need it constantly. Yeah, for for those of y'all, <laughs> that sounds exciting. Behind the scenes, I was teasing Tyler about always being tired at the start of the show, and so that's. I'm not a morning okay. person. Russ, um, what you got, man? <laughs> I got nothing for tech news, but I do have an announcement. <gasps> I think that the show should go to Sweden at the end oh. of this year because okay. there's finally going to be a Counter-Strike global offensive major after a two-year hiatus. Thanks, COVID. For all the reasons to go to Sweden. $2 million prize pool. Well, that is the reason to go to can Sweden. Can we win Why it? Why else would you go to Sweden? You I just mean, have to play I a game, right? You probably couldn't. I play games sometimes. <laughs> Are we just picking on Tyler today? I like money. I think it's fine. So. <laughs> I can take it. I got, I got sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big deal. It's the biggest prize pool That's Counter-Strike cool. has ever had. And it's I got friends in Sweden, too. I'm in. And, and here's the really cool part, and this is coming. This is really going to be good for Tyler. It's going to be the first esports event to be broadcast in 4K, 60 frames per second on the stream. And I know is Tyler it going to be over the air because I heard that they're doing that now. That was actually in the news yesterday, but I don't think I put the link down in there. That's very uh, I mean, exciting. It'll be hosted on Twitch and YouTube and all. Hey, that other stuff. I got my first 4K TV. The projector that I got for my uh, theater is a 4K projector. There you go. I'm you I'm only ragging that, on, but 8K we're going to be there now. in person. So you don't need to worry about it. Which is how many K? How many K is that? Uh, unlimited K. Unlim- mm, mm-hmm. I don't think you're right. I am, actually. I, I doubt that. I, I know for a fact that our <laughs> eyes are only capable of picking up a certain amount. Oh, I guess that doesn't mean that the source isn't. That's probably true about the source. But your eyes can't, can't do unlimited K. And it does have a specific frame rate. Why uh, it depends sometimes on. hubcap it looks like they're going backwards because your eyes exactly are weak sauce. Yep. All right, depends how far you're sitting too. I finally went 4K last month myself in my home. Big move in HDR. I was yeah. waiting for HDR. Yep. Yeah. I told Russ posted a, a 
a TV, an AK television, I assume one that he owns. And, uh, and my response was great. I'll put that on the 2026 list because I'm always <laughs> going to be about that far behind in TV technology. All right, Paul, what you got, man, what you thinking about what you've seen in the news? Well, just to finish that last thing we were talking about a little bit. Um, yeah. After waiting for about 11 years with a, uh, regular LCD 55 inch finally got to 65 inch OLED 4k. So the price is needed to come way down. <laughs> so I just patiently waited year after year, but frankly, uh, we've been on TiVo platform for 20 years. Wife used to the RF remote. Nobody was going to be budging from that. So finally all the pieces came together. We were able to do that. Most broadcast TV is just 1080p anyway. Right. But Oh boy, you know, Netflix or streaming of Amazon in 4k watching planet earth Two. Best thing my eyeballs have ever seen during my lifetime. Better than any movie That's theater. Awesome. <laughs> I was blown away. That was the night for my That's a happy feeling son. right there. Uh, Since yep, we're still that, on the topic, uh, I did look up the human eye rated, <laughs> like how many Ks there are, Good. which yeah. it, it doesn't one-to-one translate, as you could imagine. Sure. Um, because it says our <laughs> eyes don't actually see everything in equal resolution, which is sort of an interesting thing that I oh, don't do. There's a rabbit hole. So deep yes, I was about to say how our <laughs> eye works and what happens, the optical nerve in your brain filling in gaps and the fact yeah. that it blacks out when you move them. That one blew my freaking mind. But it's yes. so, cool. so let's, let's take a guess. How many megapixels do you think the approximation of what our eye can see is? Oh, goodness. Uh, it's and by the way, it's a relatively reasonable. It's a reasonable, number. yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. Oh, geez, megapixels. What's uh? It's been so long since I looked at. I'm gonna go with maybe hundred ish. I'm gonna say, and, and that might actually be on the high side. I'm gonna say sub one hundred. I'm gonna say eighty five ninety. It's actually lower than both. It is forty. Boy, dang! 40 I was thinking thirty four for some reason, but I think that's just because the last major nice. DSLR I looked at was in that range for the well, sensor. What you would have been close to with 34 megapixels is actually 8K. 8K is 33 megapixels. So we still have a little bit more K to go to reach uh, what I guess is a theoretical maximum of the human eye. So we'll never go past <laughs> HDMI 2.1 because that can handle 10K. Uh, <laughs> well, there you go. No, they'll sell you all kinds to. of stuff, Yuli. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's right. All right, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. So Uh-oh. I've been thinking about this a lot lately with Microsoft Flight Simulator flying, trying to, sorry, finally, after 30 plus years, flying that in VR a couple of weeks ago. Also pretty fantastic. Terrible frame rate, but an incredible experience to be able to, you know, peek out the cockpit, lean over and look out the left window straight down to Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, need, you that, need to borrow Russ's rig up your frame uh, rate. Like we're working two. on that. We're building computers. Uh, actually, well, to the, get a um, thirty the frame rate, the computer problem or the the yeah no the GPU. Oh, it can be yeah. it can be it can be both. It could, it could be, be poorly coded. Yeah, it could yeah. be both. Yeah, but I also have GPU problems with only four cores and a reused motherboard I had laying around. So anyhow, my uh, one of my sons went with the build approach versus or sorry the buy approach, and he found a thirty eighty right around Christmas time. You know how you do that? You buy an Alienware with it. So, <laughs> yep, that's, that is certainly a way to do it. That's one way to do it, and uh, a nice deep discount and stack of coupons. You got like fifty percent off that sucker. So, no profit nice. made on that one. Um, and that's AMD Ryzen. The other story there, though, is foveated rendering. You guys heard of that on VR? Nope. What? So, when you're next to my resolution, I'm thinking, I like that. Where your eyeballs looking? It's like so. This, this goes back to oh, if you can oh, track so where it, your eyeballs it, it are looking. Limits, it limits the render to what uh, what they expect your eyeball to see and probably a little bit of fringe. Exactly. So is it so, is it like ignoring is it yeah. is it just rendering less awesome outside of that? Because obviously we have peripheral vision, right? You're gonna pick up stuff, or is it is it actually like totally blacking it out? No, less awesome. Oh, look at that. Read read that yep. right there. That's so freaking now cool. for me it was a valve index, like a thousand dollar rig with the hand controls and the um, you know, the detectors that you wire in the room, but in a hung ceiling basement that worked out great. And my older son have, um, happened to be around, so we got all this wired up over Christmas. Just really cool. Um so I'm not saying that's the way the industry will go, but boy, it when should. I'm doing flights in another you're only looking at one little spot. You don't have to render the whole scene in incredible resolution, right? So I hope it goes this way. I hope all VR moves in that direction because the the more goodness you can pack into where your eyes are looking without exactly. having to render everything else to the same extent simultaneously means you get better frame rates and a better experience on board in our tetherless. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. 
foveated yeah. also just entered my vocabulary and I love it. One other fun thing was um, day two of trying it. The sun sets me up in the basement. I'm, I don't know, playing fetch with the dog, throwing sticks. But you know how they have walls to, to kind of block where you can walk around the room yep. so you don't get into trouble hitting chairs? Well, the wall doesn't, well, it doesn't paint the ceiling as a limit, right? So I made the mistake of standing while flailing my arms about and punched a hole right through the hung ceiling. But that's okay. <laughs> I, I had some sheetrock to do. Actually, it was just that fiberglass sure. stuff. That's awesome. I replaced it in <laughs> five awesome. seconds. No damage but, to my hand or awesome. the ceiling. No big that's deal. But, so yeah, hung ceilings are a little low for VR. So I would recommend kneeling when you start flailing your arms about. Fun, uh, you should have thought of that. Oops. But I fun. have a, a relatively similar story. So I uh, moved into my with your dad. House. Well, not the one with my dad, although that oh, one is good. just unbelievably incredible. Uh, the, in my house, so I have very tall ceilings in my office and in my living room. And so in my office where I, was, where I mostly play VR, uh, I, I don't have any real concerns about the height of the ceiling. What I should have had a concern about, mm. however, was how low the fan cord hung. And I was sitting, I don't know, I, don't, I think I was playing Half-Life <laughs> Alex and... A bunch of guys came around the corner and I was like just literally trying to throw things at them. I had like ran out of ammo. I picked up some grenades and I was flinging them and throwing them and just losing my mind. And one time I did and I nailed the cord and just straight ripped it off. I mean, it was like, it was, it was that, it was kind of like whenever you think about going to a table and ripping the cloth out from underneath everything and nothing on top moves. Yeah. That's what happened. I hit it so hard. (laughs) <laughs> that 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 cord just ripped off without anything happening. Now, granted, it does have a rip cable on it, so it's actually meant to happen. But it was uh, it was I mean, pretty they, funny. I was like, "Oh, well. crap!" <laughs> I didn't say crap uh, whenever I hit it. And uh, yeah, it's it's actually still not on. I have it, but I've decided to leave it it's off. It's never going back. And just to leave my fan on one setting forever moving forward. How often are y'all changing fan settings? For real. <laughs> Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that those actually did anything. I thought I just send it forward in the summer and reverse in the winter, but it's always on medium. Well, medium I, or low. I've high is to, unreasonable. If you have your fan on uh, high, I love it on get high. Out of here. Yeah. For real, I, there are I hate blow everywhere. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how else are you going to make things fly around? <laughs> right. There are some situations where high makes sense, but I can't do it whenever I'm wearing this because if yeah. I do, you'll hear it on the mic. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the number. That one was the problem. To worry about. In fact, my office, my old office in the last house, uh, because it was, I don't know, terrible for my ductwork, I guess. My, my office would get hot. I guess it didn't help that all the computer equipment and stuff was in there, heating it up all the time. But it, um, I needed that fan on high because it was a very high ceiling. And uh, when I had it on high, you guys gave me crap all the time for the sound. Okay, news. Uh, U.S. asks Tesla to recall 158,000 vehicles for touchscreen failures. What happened there, Paul? I mean, you're like the Tesla guy, the right? The Tesla guy, yeah. Wait, did you look into that? Elon? I did. I'm, I mean, I try to follow all the EV industry. I'm actually, I've been lately in our, uh, active in our EV club of Connecticut, for example, where I'm just happy there's Mustang and so many brands joining the fold. And they're all going to have hiccups, right? Don't get and me I started on that one. That one's an SUV. <laughs> What? Yeah, no. Do you think it's Anyhow, appropriately the, named? So back to this one though, EMMC. <laughs> He's not oh, touching it. Sidestep that not one. touching it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm moving on. It's a dangerous um, topic, Paul. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have commented either. So EMMC <laughs> modules. Yeah, Tesla made a mistake, right? And it's unfortunate that they didn't handle it earlier. Although most people have noticed, kind of linked me to the articles yesterday. They are already addressing it. They already had the option for customers, and they were even backpaying some that paid one or two grand to replace the center console, you know, display EMMC is this type of low-end memory. Remember netbooks and crappy old low-end machines? If you wanted a cheap SSD, it was EMMC. So kind of everybody knew it had limited write life. So I guess uh, some code in there had way too much logging going on. I haven't followed it that much because the Model 3, it's a complete non-issue. So I'll admit I'm not in the game as much as the oh, Model okay. X or Model 3. Oh, because this is Model X. More than I knew about it. So you're X, educating yeah. me. Yeah. So they're all kind of pretty much everyone before 2017 was, you know, basically a beta tester as Tesla was getting started with expensive cars that, well, they're expensive. You're funding the company's growth and keeping them from going bankrupt. So it was a mistake picking that. So I think it's good that they're offering people a way that they'll probably just end up with a new 
board that has not E and C and not the same flaw, and it'll be a whole lot faster and have a much better multimedia experience and swiping through their GPS screen and all will be better. So they'll probably end up happy in the end, but boy, that's a lot of cars to handle. Yeah, so that, that explains why they pushed back because uh, that was actually what stood out to me in the article that Aaron is showing, right? Um, it was that the, usually the national regulatory organizations don't have to force this. They, they point out the failings and then the automobile manufacturer does it themselves. I'm guessing, to your points, that Tesla felt like they were already addressing this and that a recall wasn't necessary. So basically, when it fails, bring it in. But the argument on the regulatory side is that there are features in the vehicles that are you could potentially have issues with uh, a la auto drive, even they said turn signal, stuff like that, which seems like a stretch for me. Yeah. If um, it got bad enough. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and so they're saying, no, you need to recall this. This is actually a safety problem. Um, but, but that you, you just added a lot more context that helps kind of that make sense. Yeah. No, Tyler, what you just said, um, you know, spot on there. If, if you're driving around, your screen goes blank, even on a Model 3 or Model Y, that's no big deal these days. Everything works, blinker works. You can't see what's going on in your speed, but the car is fine. You can put it in park reverse. It's all functional. This was more serious than that. NHTSA was, TSA was saying, uh, not only do we still have customers complaining, like if this happens and basically their out-of-warranty car is really in trouble here. They can even hear their own blinker sometimes. That's getting more serious. And then finally, some service centers were allegedly um, – turning customers down or still giving them a hard time when they went to get, you know, parts replaced for free or, mm. or to get their money back from something they paid for three years ago when they got the repair, when they were not thrilled coughing up the money. So that taking the government action, unfortunately, will, will remove any, you know, wiggle room from the yeah. repair oh, It's a pity so that it's necessary. I, I want, I always want companies like Tesla, really any company just to do the right thing in these situations. Yeah. But it, and they should have done it earlier. They prove right. themselves over and over again, being incapable of doing such things or they think they're doing the right thing, which I, I think let's give people credit, right? They, they don't think it's a serious or whatever, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, they have a general reputation for doing the right thing in the end. It's unfortunate this one had to be accelerated by government in interceding. That, like, let's put it that. I mean, there's yeah. been a number of things where they screwed up on pricing. The backlash was huge on Twitter. Elon actually listened and tweaked something. I mean, that, that's happened. They do actually listen to customers. Kind of vaguely but remember that. Th this one, I'm not going to apologize for. That was a mistake in engineering, <laughs> and they should have addressed it years ago. Unapologetic. Uh, question. We, we talked last week around uh, dealerships and the lack of dealerships for Tesla. How does that work? Here? Yeah, I wrote because that down. Like yep. Yeah. You, you mentioned that. You said the word dealership. And I was thinking, oh, we should talk about that. Yeah. So bring it. Talk to us about it. Yeah. So we tend to use the word dealership when you think of, you know, Chevy or whatever. And you, you go there and you get your oil change and you do your warranty work. Here in Connecticut, for instance, um, we have no dealerships. They're still out. I'd like much like Texas. I guess in Texas, you only pass laws every two years. So with them building a Cybertruck and other factory and Texas Tesla. I imagine that law will change in your state. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyhow, here in Connecticut, it's 45 minute drive away. So not that big a deal. My car's at 36,000 miles, still warranty left. But um, yeah, I've gone there, um, I think three times. They give me a loaner car. It's not that big a deal, but it's still a bit out of the way. You're in Saskatchewan or something, you might be talking about a five hour drive, right? So they vowed to build, I think it's one new service center every week this year. So I got 50 new ones, which is a good start. And um, hopefully right here in Connecticut, they'll end up being one near my home. And Elon's admitted publicly, like now with all the money, we're hoping he invests in, you know, the build quality and the service and support. You need that warranty service to be excellent. The focus has always been on safety and the news there is fantastic. Take a look at the Model Y rollover videos from NHTSA. Oh, that was wild. Same, yeah, that you tweeted. So NHTSA, yeah. same organization glowing over the Model Y, but then you have this EMC issue. Couldn't be more opposite stories there. Yeah, that's good. Why is, Praise, praise where appropriate and, and regulate Correct. strongly where and, um, appropriate. That, that is what it is. Lowest rollover rate of any SC, uh, compact SUV made or even SUV. The thing uh, is the 7% rollover rate. That. It's, that sounds like It's like Weebles wobble and they don't fall down if you know that old commercial. Um, I do oops, know the Weebles. Weebles are awesome Weebles people, but no, I oh, also remember thought that. it'd be fun to roll an SUV, so <laughs> wise out. Go buy a rank. So yeah, check out the video. Uh, um, well, Tweeted a bunch of stuff in the last few days from at Paul Brayer. And, and that video is compelling, meaning that's been their focus all along is safety. You know, blow the doors off of Volvo. Show the crumple zone in action. Show crumple zone in action versus in, um, Infinity, high-end compact SUV. And show that the engine intrudes in the cabin in one and with a giant battery at the bottom. No, you're not getting your legs broken in the Tesla. I mean, it, it's, that's the oh, thing. That was impressive. So, 
It was impressive. Very impressive. So, well, so the battery answer, juice melt you, though? The answer to... Well, let me just tie off the, the end of that question, right? Because uh, asking about sure. dealerships, right? How do you get this stuff serviced? The answer then from a Tesla yeah. perspective is you have service centers, right? Not dealerships. So correct. Centers. And can so you, dealerships I mean, are more service like, centers, can you go in and talk to somebody about buying a Tesla or is that like just pointless? Cause it's just all online. Yeah. It's just service. There's centers. fewer of those. They're more like showrooms. Like in Texas, one of your huge yeah. malls had when I remember when I was down there once. Um, yeah, so those are more like, drove one. Yeah, they're more like show floors. And in Connecticut, there's a giant room there where uh, they're not selling you anything there. You just order from your phone or from your um, browser when you get home and your computer. So so they just the terminology is a little different. But here's the important part. It's not so much the word dealership changing over to ser- uh, service center versus a uh, showroom floor. It's more about selling directly to the customer. That's the thing. You're not having a dealership buy the car, hold on to that car's title, and then give it to you. Nope. <laughs> you're ordering from Tesla. I pick it up in Mount Kisco, New York. They gave me the paperwork, a temporary plate in Connecticut. My Connecticut plate arrives at my home address uh, a few weeks later. I paid Connecticut State sales tax. The car was sold from Tesla manufacturing plant to me in Connecticut. Yeah. There's no middle I love that. Yeah. Love that, that. Yep. And that's, that's a problem for uh, Lucid and Rivian. They're all trying to fix this. And Connecticut's frankly trying to fix the law that bars them from direct selling in the state. And there's yeah. a handful of other states. Michigan, you can guess, would be another one. Yeah. You can see why. <laughs> and you don't have to waste seven hours in a dealership with them asking yep. you to add every single little little feature and then go through financing and sit there and, and just tell them no a thousand times. Correct. So there's pluses and minuses to this, this approach. Tesla's not known for amazing customer service. You need a human to try to intercede or, or inject something in that process. But for the most part, deliveries are going a lot better. They've gotten you know better at the ordering and delivery process. Usually four to six weeks for most people. If you live in California, two weeks because factories right in Fremont. So that's part of why they're trying to build up Texas. So you can make crank out Model Ys, Model 3s, and Cybertruck centrally in the country. Get delivery times to the Northeast a lot lower. Yep. So there's a lot going on with that company. Cool, man. Anything else on the list here you want to talk about? Or what, what do y'all want to talk about next? Um, I have other I have other EV-related topics, but we maybe we want to go to the other like CES stuff and the other consumer stuff, and then maybe loop back if there's time for EVs. What do you think? Whatever y'all want. I was going to throw a total curveball in there and talk about how horrifying an Alexa-enabled Teddy Ruxpin is. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually it's an article I stumbled ball. on a while ago. And while I was screwing around in my news uh, tabs, which, you know, I'm a, I'm a tab whore, so I've got like a thousand to open. But uh, I saw Ted Lexa <laughs> in, in the horrors that are. Because you guys remember Teddy Ruxpin. It was the animatronic bear that you get. I love you. And, and like the you know, poor mouth movement. Somebody took a Raspberry Pi, uh, you know, tossed Alexa into it. Or, yeah, it was a Raspberry Pi. And, uh, and wired up a Teddy Ruxpin to respond through animatronics. And the huge dead eyes are just what made Teddy Ruxpin so horrifying. And this weird slow blink. Anyways, highly recommend you look at that. Um, you can't unsee it though. So I guess you're warned. So part of my childhood was um, my dad. So my parents are divorced. My dad sent me a Teddy Ruxpin kind of phone, right? So when he could call me or when he called me, the bear would talk. So when I'm like when oh, I'm talking boy. to my dad, it's, it's the same sort of thing. It's hilarious. Because yeah, the mouth is just like the dead eyes and the mouth just kind of like doing this while my dad's talking to me on the phone. Yep. So if you want if you want that horror back in your life, or if you want to introduce <laughs> your kids to a modern version of that horror, then uh, the plans are out there, and uh, you go right ahead and do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what next? What next? Back to EVs? Are we going to talk about man injects magic mushrooms into bloodstream, nearly oh, dies? That's killing direct TV. Actually, it's not hilarious. The uh, the magic mushroom ruins. I think I touched on that. The guy. I guess the the guy who did it was actually 30 years old to so young guy um, and was seeking to help himself with his bipolar disorder and an opioid uh, dependence. Right. And um, this is a good PSA. Google isn't your doctor and nor are people in forums because apparently he found somewhere that a good way to deal with this would be to inject magic mushrooms Um which are traditionally eaten uh, or, or put in tea, I guess. Um, anyways, it, it took root, uh, figuratively speaking, and started to procreate in his bloodstream. So he injected a tea 
a, a, with the, the psilocybe, um, you know, shrooms in it. And they, they took over. So he ended up with a bad bacterial infection and growing magic mushrooms in his bloodstream, which of course have psilocybin, which is the, you know, uh, the, the whatever neuro, I can't think of the word, but it's, it's the, the, the toxin that actually has the mind altering effects. I'm blanking on the term for, for the moment, for the time being, it was impossible to interview him because he was tripping so bad. Um, and he almost died because he went into like massive organ failure. So, uh, don't, don't do that. In the following days after doing that, he became lethargic and nauseated and his skin began to yellow. He soon developed diarrhea and began vomiting blood because it's growing in his blood. That's how does that even happen? It it was killing his organs. All of them. (laughs) Oh, how does it, how does a fungus grow in? I mean, I guess it's like, how does a fungus not grow anywhere? Yeah, I guess that's true. Fungi like to grow places. Your stomach acids are probably the only reason it doesn't when you shove it down your stomach. Oh my goodness. That's uh yeah it was a okay. it was an interesting story it was a freaky story it reminds me of like the um the the people who intentionally or otherwise ended up with a an imbalance in gut bacteria with uh brewer's yeast because that can happen and uh then then eating carbohydrates a la bread can actually um produce alcohol in your system <laughs> so it reminded me of that only uh that's maybe slightly less dangerous. Probably not, actually. Anyways, moving on. I thought it was funny. Okay, this one caught my attention. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Russ? I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. I just I don't like it. I don't like any of it. I don't it like makes it. Me feel weird. <laughs> reading that. Uh, okay. Yeah. This oh, one this got one my shots attention fired. here. I love in, this one. Yeah. So Intel, uh, Russ dropped this one in here. Intel has to be better than quote lifestyle company, Apple at making CPUs says new CEO. And I'm like, wait a second, new CEO, like Gelsinger that we just heard <laughs> took the job yesterday. You opened the article in the verge. Yep. Intel's new CEO, Pat Gelsinger doesn't start his new role until February, but he's already prepping the company to take on Apple's M1 chips. Already out there making statements. The actual quote is even better. We have to deliver better products to the PC ecosystem than any possible thing that a lifestyle company in Cupertino can. (laughs) (laughs) If if that's not a subtweet, if that's not a subtweet, I don't know what is. That's so incredible. Wow, that's strong. I just, I loved everything about it. And you know what? I'm just happy for Intel. You know, good for y'all. You got a good one coming over. So Yeah, you do. Man. uh, what a way to kick it off too no kidding amd needs to be terrified i I don't i don't even think that it was intentional that pat's news came out when it came out and a day later he is like taking chunks of the sun and lobbing it at competition that's awesome (laughs) paul what was uh what was your take on this the intel news yeah i actually tweeted out yesterday you know um Mixed feelings, right? Uh, some sadness and surprise news from VMware, but honest happiness for Intel, you know, the future of the industry and all. Um, yeah. It, it's needed to shake something up. I've been waiting for her smaller nanometer process for years. I've been trying to think about what's suitable for home lab and very efficient and all. And to see the glowing reviews of Apple's M1 has just stuck that out in my brain more and more as the weeks and months go by. So that's, a, that's just the kind of... Uh, nervy statement you need someone from intel to be seeing i just didn't imagine it would happen that fast it's just it's funny <laughs> overnight it, it's awesome yeah it's it, it's quite a quote it, it doesn't really sound like pat actually <laughs> i would say like you normally see that kind of uh vigor from him he's he's super well liked i mean the, the, the outpouring of affection from vmware people working with him and hugging him and selfieing with him over the years it yeah. was inspiring the dude was well liked. I was an honor to ever have worked for him myself, you know, for that company. So, yeah, it was a, it was a weird, surprising week there. That was a huge I announcement. Think be, for the, I think it's going to be really good for Intel. I hope, uh, I hope absolutely. enough, enough uh, I don't know, fortitude to, to right the ship, if you will. Yeah. They've had a lot of problems, and it's, that's a heck of a challenge. And not not any of them one man can fix, but uh, I think if he's up to steering it, that's Pat. Awesome. You can imagine the um, PR people that work for Intel, all of it, his ethical outlook on everything, right? Treating press well, treating blog, all that stuff. It's going to rub off in good ways rather than any kind of um, 
hostile uh, stance to, to bloggers and the press, that's not going to work because AMD's kicking butt right now, right? So got to earn it back with tech. And that's what he is, a technologist. And that's part of his uh, alert to guys like us here and, you know, more of an engineer than a typical CEO. Uh, the dude's made chips and worked at Intel for 30 years. So, yeah, nobody, when you, when you read, the, when I read the press, it's like, okay, this does make sense. Like yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, that was my impression. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff, man. I want to hear one another one of your uh, EV elements. I, I like that you said you you're all over the industry. We uh, we tend to gravitate towards headlines, which oh so often is Tesla, and then occasionally there's a sprinkling of other stuff. But my guess is that you've got a lot more depth. So I want to hear what you got. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying. I mean, th- this year with so many more brands coming, I already mentioned other companies um, doing the direct sale model. So that's that's one area that Tesla's a disruptor. There's like seven others. They're in so many industries. Um, insurance, solar, battery storage, power, um, get rid of peaker plants, uh, get rid of building a diesel power generator for that one peaker in plants? 99. Yeah, what's your plant? Handle peak loads, uh, you know, high peaks in the summer. You build this diesel generating plant just to handle that really uh, high load okay. day. And it yeah, sits yeah, there idle the rest you. of the year. Right. Let's How about a rolling brownouts like California? Let's just do that. Exactly. Power walls are selling very well in California for good reason. They got, you know, right. intentional Can't power. Can't they just, just use for... the constant devastating forest fires to power stuff? Oh <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so okay. windmills that use the updraft, so nice. Tyler? So we went That's there. Yeah, there you right. <laughs> we went there fast. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry that was insensitive. I apologize. No kidding. There goes one-sixth of the population of the country. Uh, I know, it's terrible. And joke. it's Honestly, it's sad, but... I don't it is. part of my brain doesn't work right. I, I still make jokes about sad. Well, it, it kind of tickles the, the climate change you know, aspect of it. Someone younger actually thinking about this stuff more than 50 and 60 year olds at this point. So, all right. Well, anyhow, um, so batteries, yes. Seem like a Save much us, Paul. More sound Save us. <laughs> if, if you can make batteries without devastating the environment and recyclable, that's some of the, the tweets I found myself in recently. That's not easy stuff, right? Like, Yes, using an EV is still way more efficient than burnt, even if it's fueled by the worst, dirtiest coal. Um, it's still way more efficient than any gas car ever was at converting the energy into forward power, right? And we talked about that. So you used the words breaking and breaking on one of your previous podcasts. And I just kind of laughed, like, did you mean breaking? Like uh, regenerative breaking when you're going down a mountain? Like uh, when I went mount- down Mount Washington recently in my Model 3, went up, and then about half the range came back again going down. That's awesome. 4,000 something feet. It's pretty cool. Like instead of That's heating crazy. the brake pads and pulling over to wait for the brake to pull You're braking too much. Aren't you just supposed to wing it when you go down mountains? Sorry, I live in it's, North Texas. It's flat, like real flat. So yeah, I just yeah. assume so, when you're up in the mountains that it's like snowboarding and no brakes. No, no. So Mount Washington, heavy tourist destination. You're only going 20, 30 miles an hour and it's very twisty. But yeah, it's just, you, you think about that. Like I drove up a mountain and it got half my mileage, my range back. That and it was so lost cool. going up the mountain. Which is incredible. Just from the regen power. It really just, is. You know, yeah. Because of the torque needed to get up, right? Yep. And then, so, is it, does it feel, it feels like, oh, actually, actually, I, um, yeah, I actually drove a Model 3, um, and it felt, the, the, I can't remember if it has regenerative braking or not. Oh, yeah. Model, you can turn that, it on and off pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Did you have it, it just on feels like off? engine braking. Yeah. And it's, yep. it's like this, the, I guess, one pedal driving kind of an experience, right? You don't even really have to brake to come to a stop. Yep. Typically the last five miles an hour, you're still going to bleed off the speed, partly because here in New England, your battery packs warm a good chunk of the year. So you don't get full regen. Or if your battery packs on hundred percent before I still have to go to Boston and back in one day, which is a hundred miles each way, there's no regen. Why? Because the electrons have nowhere to go for my regen. <laughs> if your battery's at hundred percent and you let go of the accelerator rapidly and now the car is trying to regen, there's no place to burn off that energy and forward momentum into powering your battery and charging it back up. Instead, it's just wasted and your car coasts like a regular car. Mm. It's a funny little quirk on EVs. So you rarely drive at 100%, frankly. Most of the year, you're only charging at 80 90%, only 100% for a very long trip. So anyhow, that, so you, you, you tickled that in my brain when you said the word braking. Then the other way you meant braking was, you know, Tesla service and reputation for having some uh, post-delivery issues, panels uh, misaligned or whatever, and then fixing it. Yeah, I mean... In my shopping for getting rid of about thir- three decades of Honda Civics that my wife and I both had, when it, both of our cars were croaking a year or two years ago. So we both now have a Model 3, two years old, and a Model 3, one year old. I'm trying to do a review of those. I mean, how's it going? 
Our shopping, by far, first and foremost, was having been rear-ended by either drunk or inattentive drivers at high speed, it changed our life forever, not in good ways. Number one shopping factor is safety. The safest car ever tested Model 3. So just re- recapping that. So you could say all you want about other stuff, and maybe I had to go back to the service center a couple of times for a, a panel misalignment in my wife's rear car and a window that was fixed, but she's only been back once. Her car is 4,000 miles later, big smile on her face, nothing else to do other than fill the windshield washer fluid. We didn't even replace the wiper blades. So that's a complete success, her car. Mine's similar, but it's 36,000 miles. So of course, I had to replace tires and do some air filters and some other things. But either way, very minor, way cheaper than any you know BMW or similar accelerating classic car. And the, hard, the harder part, I think, for Tesla would be, how do they reach like Tesla? How does Tesla reach Honda and Toyota like long-term out of warranty longevity? That part does concern me more. I don't think it'll hurt their stock that much or anything else that much, but keeping the car to 100 or 200,000 miles when you're paying for every repair at Tesla service, that is a, a sore spot. And there's bloggers that get into that, right? And say, well, right to repair and aftermarket parts need to be easier and we need to be able to repair it everywhere. You know, that's a weaker spot. No car company's perfect. I think Rivian and Lucid, they're all, they're, there's going to be similar stuff. If they're aligned to like GM, then yeah, they're just going to service it at a GM dealer. And that is an advantage. So if someone's looking at a Ford Mustang, Mach-E, and it's got that same dealer model they're used to, and there's a place eight miles down the street they can go and test drive it, I get it. The thing's going to sell well. 20, 30% less efficient than Tesla, but that ain't bad out of the chute. Maybe in five years, they'll start catching up closer and the, the battery tech will be shared across the fleet of EVs trying to change the whole you know, planet over to EV. So it's good times ahead. Every company needs competition, just like Android and iOS. Same thing's happening with Tesla. I see that as all good signs for the industry and for making trucks and Ford F-150s and all of it. That's it's all good. My, my, and I've mentioned this on the show before. Uh, I, I have interests in, you know, one day I'll have an EV for sure. But for me, I don't, I'm not at a point where I'm ready to change what I'm used to. Like my, my behavior of driving a car. Like I don't have to plan ahead to take my truck anywhere from a, you know, getting fuel perspective. I don't have to plan a specific route. I don't need to, whatever, you know, mess with which level of charging I'm at. I don't need to worry about the repair side of things because I know I can go to a myriad of different places. And, and I'm, I'm not someone who fixes my own vehicles. I don't, I don't change my own oil in my truck, at least not anymore. And so the, that whole element of it is big for me. You mentioned the, the dealership advantage of being able to take it to them and just have them handle it and, and take care of all of the repairs or whatever it might be. It's definitely big for me because it's a usability thing uh, on my end. I'm sure a lot of people are that way, but for me, that's sort of what I'm, you know, sort of waiting on. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. When I I just say, I throw words like uh, VW ID4 uh, or Mustang Mach-E, there's a big issue there. And um, Marquez Brownlee got into this recently. Charging, it's all about that. Tesla's going and spending a lot of that money making V3 superchargers all over the country. And I just sent you a map on the. Um, chat there when the, yeah, the, the tweet there's a ton of chargers i got them every 30 40 miles sometimes only 15 miles apart here in new england i know texas is not quite there yet there are a lot of states and frankly ford is going to have to be ready for that if you want f-150s blanketing texas and the rest of the country just like maybe Cybertruck, you got to catch up to tesla's supercharging network and they're not there yet at yeah, all but if they want to sell f-150 driver yeah. ironically yeah, and if they yeah. want to sell density, though, they don't necessarily have to have them all over the country. They just have to have them in the super dense populated areas, right? Which makes Correct. it pretty easy. You know, drop, and, drop 50 of them yeah. in a metropolitan area, way better than dropping 50 of them in the middle of, you know, Western Oklahoma. So, Russ, can I ask, how far do you drive in a typical day? There's a reason I'm asking this, of course. Well, right now, I, I can't. <laughs> I mean, right now, feet. Back, yeah, back to 2019. Let's pretend. It's not 2020 or 2020. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I mean, a, a minimum of 50 miles. Um, so you'd be, be fully charged at home, right? So it's how many road trips do you take where you go beyond like 200 miles in a day a year? I guess that's a different question. Is uh, rare well, or common? Going to Lubbock for, for any form of sporting event, which is going to be 310 miles one way. And there you go. So that's the route that needs to charge. And there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing between me and Lubbock. There's literally like one town. And that town has two gas stations. Let's be fair. There's nothing in Lubbock either. Let's not go down this path right now, Tyler. That's mean. I won't respond. I have a lot of people. Tyler is signing up for fights. 
<laughs> I'm bigger than you, Russ. Oh, I'm not. No, you're not. So <laughs> what's, what's fun is you've got you've got bloggers out there taking a Porsche take Taycan or um, others or or Ford and driving up and down the East Coast or driving across the country, just like Tesla nailed years ago. You can easily drive cross country in a Tesla without any planning. Just hop in. It tells you what supercharger you get off, preconditions of battery. You get off, you, you charge, and you continue on. So that, that's all calculated and, and nailed. The other companies catching up. They're using like the what is it restitution? The um, the, the money of Dieselgate is pumping into building EV America chargers right all over our country here. Really, so the shenanigans in Europe are paying off with chargers that are going to help Ford in our country. Kind of cool, right? Wait, that's say what's that. happening. Go go more into that. Shenanigans. Yeah. Oh, shenanigans. So Ugh. Dieselgate was so multi-billion dollar. Hey, shenanigans. Uh, Where's that place with all the silly crap on the wall? That's right. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm going to piss the whip the next person that says shenanigans. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bob. It's Friday. <laughs> we need to have you back on a Monday or something like that. I got sleep last night, too. I'm punchy. Okay, the, yeah. the hijinks of a certain German manufacturer of tricking us all with diesel cars that were way dirtier than we thought, right? Oh, VW. Yeah, I Oops, two of you talked to once. What was that? I said VW. Yeah, I'm we both said now. VW. Yeah, yeah sorry. And, and I mean, there's, they have subsidiaries and other companies, uh, cars and engines they make, right? Name one. So that was a mess. You're probably right. You are right. So um, <laughs> let me make sure. Uh, hey, I'm going to remove Tyler from the call. <laughs> diesel gate. Hey, you I can will call say, it that. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yep, and the Volkswagen Clear Clean Air Act settlement is how it went down. Let me just make sure I know where all their 10 million, it looks like 10 million went to, I want to make sure I get the charging network right. That was it? They only paid 10 million? 10, 10 billion, excuse me. 10 billion, okay. Off. That was like Facebook paying 6 million for the crimes they committed in oh my Vietnam gosh. or whatever. Remember that you one? Just, you just <laughs> reminded like me though. Two cents a person? Okay. That, that, so VW got the, a $10 billion fine. Um, yeah arguably appropriate for you know the the wool pulled over the eyes right but did you guys see that boeing got a 2.2.1 i think billion dollar fine for uh the way that they handled slash intentionally misled um the 737 max uh debacle so i did uh, and I, just a five 2.5 oh this was a few days ago and for Boeing, yes, that's pretty yes, small. Yes, recent news. Um, Boeing to pay but, more but, than two point five billion to settle criminal conspiracy charge over seven thirty seven Max. Dude, this yeah, is crazy. Conspiracy is pretty pretty good. That's a strong word. But yeah. uh, yeah. anyways, I, before I forget the comment, and then Paul, I definitely want to let you finish. Uh, so sorry yeah. to cut you off. But um, look at VW. You look at at Boeing in this case, right? These are substantial fines. I, I mean, even for companies that big, when you start talking about you know. 2.5 billion, 10 billion. These these are massive regulatory fines for well, in Boeing's case, apparently criminal conspiracy, which is a serious serious charge as well. Yeah. But then you look at the fines uh, for platforms like Facebook and and other social media sites that that are like grossly mishandling privacy or completely ignoring laws associated with privacy in some cases, right? We give them like this tiny little slap on the wrist, but they're they're making absolute bucket loads of money. So it's uh, very very interesting to me that uh, that the I guess old guard sort of industrial complex companies are seeing sizable, considerable fines for bad behavior, and media social media platforms are seeing basically like a, a recommendation that they don't do that again. Yeah, no, good points. Um, and I did look it up. Sorry, you guys, the, the sound quality, I'm hearing you. I'm barely hearing you guys. But you guys can hear me okay still? Just yes, fine? Sir. Okay, I'll continue. So it's $2 billion is the correction. $2, two billion even. This is one article from 2019. Um, For VW? VW paid to electrify America. That's the company. So I want to make sure I get that right. That company builds DC fast chargers. So when you're in a take-on, you're not actually you're using the car's uh, charger when you're at home. It's what's getting your 230 volt like dry or range outlet that you have in a garage. Say you have an electrician pay 500 bucks, put that outlet in your garage, plug in whatever brand of EV in your car. Eight or nine hours later, you're ready to go with a full tank of electrons the next morning. That's normal charging and your car is doing all the smarts in the charging and onboard charger. doesn't matter what brand. When you hit the road, it's all different. You want a fast charge. You want DC 
pumped right into your battery pack. None of the AC-DC translation stuff. You want efficient and fast. That's what superchargers are from Tesla, up to 250 kilowatts or even 350 kilowatts now in their V3s. And it's I the same deal with Electrify America. That's cool. Um, it's bypassing the charger of the car. It's shoving electrons in that battery pack as fast as possible, hopefully getting you out. And, and Russ, back to your story. Let's say you drove to Lubbock and back. Maybe on the way there, you stop for you know lunch just before you get there. You need a bathroom. You're going to charge for 20 minutes in your truck someday, whatever brand it is. You drive back. Maybe you'll make it home. If you won't, you probably only need like a five, 10 minute top off to make it enough range to get to your garage. And then you don't worry about it and you come home. So it's, it might not be as bad as you're thinking, right? The fact that you're full when you leave and the fact that those superchargers, those DC fast charging networks are only for those occasional long trips. The planning is pretty minimal. In general, these cars have built-in GPS that handles doing the math and looking at your range and deciding when you need to get off and exit the charge for a little bit. And of course, you get facilities and food when you do get off. So for me, I've driven from Connecticut to you know Delaware, four and a half hours away, single person alone in the car. I need a break at that point anyway. And that's when I'm getting off to supercharge for 20 minutes while I'm eating in the food court, using the facilities and hop it back in and off I go to DC. It's all been very straightforward. Better. Better. I mean, I just, here's, I mean, in that, all that may be true and that's fine and that's good. Uh, yep. I just don't want to have to think about that. I don't ever worry about my <laughs> fuel rate going to Lubbock. Uh, it's not a thing that concerns me. In fact, my truck can make it to Lubbock and then halfway back on one tank. So it's just not something that I consider. Uh, but I guess I'm curious that you okay. say it's something I don't want to think about where in my mind, I equate supercharging stations to filling up a tank of gas, right? Like I, I, I don't see. Here's the, the thing. I don't much. know that supercharging stations are everywhere. They aren't yet. Yeah, sure. You, you know, you, every corner, especially in the United Correct. States, every exit is going to have a gas station, whereas you're going to have to, you're going to have to know where the one potentially is between yeah. home and, and, uh, the wasteland. I'll say that's enough of a problem, honestly, driving a diesel vehicle when I had that, uh, Volkswagen yeah, TDI. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was enough of a problem there. I will say, so the gentleman that let me drive his model three, Corey, he said, uh, or he went on a trip from, he lives in, uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, went on a trip to the Dakotas and back. No problem. Right now, again, though, to Paul's point, probably some planning in terms of making sure you stop off at all that point. So anyway, but fair points on both sides. I'll just close out. I know we're near the end here. Again, back to my family's priority when my wife and I were shopping to replace very reliable, low cost of ownership Honda Civics, right? So compact cars, small, safety, 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 rollover, rear end, crush zone, number one priority. So this minor thing where once in a while, if I drive to DC rather than fly, which is way more energy efficient and I arrive feeling good and actually get there before a plane or the Acela train, if I just hop in the car and go, I tested it. I drove to DC many times in 2019 it's that simple. It got me from point A to point B safer than any other car ever sold and cheaper per miles. And I'm getting reimbursed 56 cents a mile for tax rebate. Total win for my family. I'm not saying this for everybody, but the calculus for us was that. Yeah. It wasn't about, do I have to go 45 minutes to a test of the other once or twice for a couple of warranty things that were no big deal, some of which were fixed while I waited. That inconvenience was hardly a big deal to compared to the life-changing event that someone rear-ending you at high speed has had on both my wife and I. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Your that is a really strong point. Once yeah. you've been hit, everything changes your calculus. So that's it. So test drive it. Mustang, whatever it is, before you keep reading about stuff, test drive a truck someday. Test drive a, 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 a Mach-E. You'll probably be thinking the same kind of things. It's fun. It's exciting to think in all new directions and what's possible. And Tesla's blazing that trail. That's it. You know, it's interesting. I'm looking at your map you just put in here, which is really cool, by the way. How's Lubbock look? Uh, there is not, there, not only is there not one in Lubbock, but there's not one on the route to Lubbock. That's horrible, right? So Texas, so, building factory. So once again, no. I think Elon hates yeah. Texas Tech is what it is. That's highly yeah. unlikely because most of it no, probably Texas came Tech. from Everything's Texas personal. Tech. Yeah. Anything yeah, that works was built from an engineer at Texas Tech. That's just the reality <laughs> of the situation. Uh, All right. Go down through Abilene. You could go down through Abilene. Yeah, you could take 20. It would only add two hours to your trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Paul, do they have uh, – so for like vehicles that, that um, run out of gas, you have those roadside assistants where they show up and pour more gas into your tank. Do they have that for EVs? 
Yeah, I haven't actually looked if AAA has those on their uh, trucks yet. But yes, there there are you know lifelines, but they're they're not affordable. They're going to be on like a AAA tow vehicle, not something you're going to have yourself. You know, like a gas tank in your trunk. People have experimented with that. They're too heavy and too practical to keep charged. Just too you could probably turn on regenerative braking, get out, get behind the vehicle, and push it and charge it that way. <laughs> it's a joke. Okay, none of y'all laughed. Never mind. <laughs> Shut the show down. It this was a joke. Well, I'll give you credit based semantically alone on things that you said, but uh, it, it wasn't, wasn't funny. funny. <laughs> okay, we're off today. We're off. I'm curious if, uh, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna close us down right after I ask this question or make this statement, which is probably a terrible way to do this. But um, I'm, I'm curious if um, services like, oh my gosh, what's the name of it? But it's the, the truck that drives around with gasoline um, and, and fills up in the parking lot, right? Uh, obviously, batteries are going to be um, an issue there, but you could actually have a generative vehicle driving around the Lubbock Stadium, uh, rapidly charging vehicles, potentially. Um, the I, I don't know that that would scale well. Is that what it's is, called? The Lubbock Stadium? Is it, is Lubbock it just Stadium. is it just one of the dry fields out there? Yay, I, don't, I don't know how they play football in that part <laughs> yeah. of the world. Um, ugh, Lubbock. <laughs> just, I'm only doing this for Russ. I don't, I don't actually hate Lubbock. Lubbock's fine. It's a nice place. It smells it, like cows, though. It's funny with Starship going from Boca Chica, you know, Model 3 owners can get down there, right? The supercharger network's ready. But boy, GM with the Hummer and Ford F-150 right now in Texas, not a good look with Electrify America missing giant swaths of your state. But they haven't put well, out their cars Okay, yet. but we have they a giant state. How many, how many EV superchargers do we have compared to like Rhode Island? Probably a lot. Yeah, but you still have those rural so ranges take with that. nothing like Lubbock. Rhode yeah. Island? No, <laughs> I, I don't know what, whatever. And on that note, (laughs) we're bringing another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Paul, thank you for joining us. Pleasure as always. Really appreciate the perspective on EVs and all of the goodness we got there. Talked about some weird stuff. We talked about some fun tech stuff. There's a lot of stuff we didn't talk about. And if any of those things we didn't talk about are things that get you excited, please let us know, listeners, because we'd love to get your feedback and your posts and your engagement. So thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. I hope you have a wonderful weekend because clearly we're teed up to have a wonderful weekend we're off our game we're in somebody else's groove i got entirely too much energy no one should let me sleep that long cheers thanks for putting up with us paul later <laughs> bye so much fun on friday i know we're all late thank you bye <laughs> See ya. Good. bye guys <laughs>